When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to Knockin' Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company. Another thing is you have to define what's funny at the age of 40 because sure. if I would kick my dad's door open while he was in the bathroom taking a shit and beat the fuck out of him, people would think I belong in a mental institution. <laughs> right? You know, like when we were 16, we we're adolescent fucking jerk-offs who ordered a soda from Wendy's just to throw it right back into the hole and say fire in the hole. If I did that now, they'd be like, what is wrong? <laughs> 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of Knocking Doors Down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51FIFTYLTM.com. This is Knocking Doors Down, your host Jason Lachance with my co-host Mikey Naraki. What is going on, people? And of course, I have a background of alcoholism, some childhood trauma, and some other adversities that have uh, allowed me this opportunity to come in here and speak with other people who have taken their adversities, turned them into their advantage, and my co-host Mikey is no different. Eh, you know, got myself busted a time or two. And of course, uh, not one, but two individuals we're speaking with today, they've had their fair share of it. Bam Margera and Brandon Novak. Bam and Bran. This was a great time. We actually had the wonderful opportunity of going and recording this live at Castle Bam with Bam and Brandon. And uh, they open up about some really funny stories, things that happen at Castle Bam. Some funny stories that, uh, you know, occur when, when you're using substances, but also of how it can really lead down a very, very dark path. And uh, we're just lucky that they're both alive and they really kind of shed light on if that behavior was going on now, it'd be pretty sad in their 40s. Well, substances aside, it's uh, great that they're still alive due to the stunts that they pulled in Jackass. <laughs> and let me tell you what, Bam's house was like living in my TV screen because it was the same house they did all the Viva La Bam shit in and stuff. So it was a real treat to be there, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. And we definitely felt honored to be welcomed into that home. And of course, we can't do any of this without 5150, 5150 LTM. It's all the gear that if you look at the social media posts and you're following us on social media by searching Knocking Doors Down on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter that you'll see us wearing. And um, we got to thank them, man, really, truly helping us live the madness, pursue a dream. And uh, that's what 5150 is all about. And staying fitted helps, too. That's right. All right. Here it is for you guys. Bam Margera and Brandon Novak ending the year with a bam, Mikey. Let's do it. 
Hey, uh, Bam, thanks for welcoming us into your home, man. This yeah. is cool. This is a, we're going to geek out because it's kind of a trip because uh, this guy and I obviously watching you on guys on TV and seeing all the stuff. So it's uh, really gracious of you that you welcome us here. And Well, this actually isn't my home anymore. Like an <laughs> idiot, I'm the only person who would buy two houses in the same town that they live in. <laughs> Four minutes apart from each other. I told my mom, I was like, you know what? I need a change of pace and I really want to move. I'm thinking like Spain, like Barcelona or something like that. She's like... Bam, I found the perfect house. I'm like, you did? She's like, yeah, it's right over there on Creek Road. <laughs> I'm like, mom, that's not called moving. I'm still <laughs> living in the same town. Like, and it's almost just like a smaller version of this house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let, well, me, uh, let me go ahead and say this, all right? So I loved Jackass, Feeble Bam, all that shit. My dad didn't because I would always try to beat him up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he's 6'4", 250, so it never really worked out. So thank you for all of those memories and shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Are you, because you have a son now, Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Are you worried about the same shit happening to you? I kind of hope it happens. <laughs> <really. laughs> hey. But um, I mean, it was insane. I, I think MTV back then, it was the only type of budget or time that we got to spend $300,000 per episode on blowing shit up, flying people in, flying people out, <clears throat> fixing our mess. And I got to do that time 65 episodes. So like we <laughs> do had the a fucking math. We had a yeah. real blast. You know? <laughs> it's almost like the stories would be unbelievable. Now I kind of just live in Groundhog's Day. I wake up, I turn on the cartoons for Phoenix and it's just like, man, I had such a good time from my 20s till 30s. Like, what was your typical day in the life? Well, wake up, turn my house into a uh, moat with a drawbridge <laughs> with an elephant coming in with Compton ass Terry on the top of it. And then we turn the whole kitchen blue. And then the ice skating, <laughs> an ice skating rink in the living room with professionals doing triple Lindy's and shit. You know, and then, uh, <laughs> like, the list goes on about how much fucked up shit we did it's almost like people would think it was a lie until i say go on youtube and no, check out for yourself it ain't yeah. a lie it ain't a lie so i'm seeing outside in all like the wilderness sea type where was the treetop casino which general direction that, it was that way right and, over uh, there? okay yeah, yeah we had a big wrestling match there with some professionals uh i built a $250,000 mini mega ramp that uh once the treetop fell down i threw a match on it with some gasoline. I didn't know it would catch on to the mini ramp, but once it got onto that uh, ramp armor, it's called, it's like tires, you know, it never goes out. And there was smoke that you could see from Philadelphia. That was the first thing I looked for when I got here. The, uh, I was like, where's the fucking mini ramp? At? All these fire trucks showed up and um, they were gonna charge me for arson in my own property. Oh shit. Until I told them that uh, it was a complete accident. <clears throat> And uh, I did not mean to catch my mini ramp on fire. <laughs> I just simply wanted to catch the treetop casino on fire, which, which is another story that there was this naked chick that showed up right around then, two weeks before that, in my room. And she was kissing my neck. I thought it was my wife at the time. I'm like, babe, we'll get to that in the morning. I'm tired. I look up. I see that she's sleeping the other way. And I see the silhouette of this skinny chick. Um... And I'm like, who are you? I turned on the lights. Now she's on the ground fingering herself, said the owl sent me from Jupiter. Oh, 911. Uh, <laughs> Nikki's trying to get her out of there. I'm on the phone with, uh, with um, the police. And um, she doesn't know where her clothes are. She doesn't know what the hell. And um, as soon as the police show up, she sees all these sirens with the gate open. And she goes, oh, shit, and does a naked cartwheel and bolts into the woods. They spent seven hours looking for her. Finally, they found her with under all these blankets in the treetop casino. And uh, there's all these whittle carvings of notes that she left 
that you could tell she's been living in there for right. at least three months. <laughs> so if she would have been in there for two weeks more without me finding out, she would have been in that treetop crashed dead as can be in that storm. Well, I mean, I get it because oh, like that's... there's so many, there's so much open space and whatnot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like if you had somebody just squatting, how the fuck would you know? You know what I mean? I wouldn't know. We were I, parked out front. I was like, there's got to be no one home. We've been parked out front. But at the same time, it is Bam Margera's house. I've seen interviews. I know that he's had people just lurking here. So. Yeah. So I never go into the treetop <clears throat> casino. So she was living in there. There's so many times I'm like, where the hell did all the food go? Like, <laughs> who's, like she would see us leave and then she'd run in and eat all the food. Because right. I have a gate. So there's no reason to lock the doors. Right, right. You know? So, so she was hopping the fence and just. Living in there, man. But people have come here and just lived here for a time without anyone really noticing. Another time, yeah, this this dude named Ultra from Virginia came in and he asked if he could stay the night. I said, sure. That turned into three months. And my mom was like, he's never even left the house to go to Wawa. Is he a fugitive? I'm like, oh, very funny, mom. A couple of days later, eight police officers show up from Virginia at my other house, and they say, can we talk to you for a minute? And I'm looking around, thinking I'm getting punked, but I'm like, nobody gets punked twice. <laughs> Ashton so, Kutcher isn't here this yeah, time. Yeah, so like. they slap down a photo. They say, do you know who this is? I'm like, yeah, that's Aldrin from Virginia. They're like, do you know where he is? I'm like, absolutely. He's at my other house right now, probably sleeping in the top turret. They're like, how do you know that? I'm like, because he never leaves. Yeah. They're like, well, he's on the run for like armed robbery and, and all these electronic goods that equal up to $30,000 that we found in his bedroom that he was claiming somebody planted it in there. It's like, oh, holy shit. nobody planted $30,000 of electronics. <laughs> it, you stole them, man. Right. <laughs> so he, he did his time, I guess, a year or something in jail. He just got out, and he was asking if he could come over again. And I feel a certain kind of way about it. I don't, I don't play. Not to mention the same dude. I get um, My buddy Todd has a 15-year-old daughter, and he decided to snoop through her phone when she was in the shower, and she could see all these sexting about coming over here to party by the pool, and it's alternate. And, uh, and, and Todd shows me these texts. I'm like, listen, man, you can't be talking to a 15 year old telling her to come over. Like, do you know how bad that is and how bad it would look on me? So he's like, all right, I get it. Don't talk to Todd's daughter anymore. I'm like, no, don't talk, <laughs> talk to, to anyone. Like, so no, you don't get it. So he's yeah, like, right? all right, I get Far it. From the exact so, opposite. So I come over three days later and there's a girl sipping on a Corona. I asked how old she is. She said she's 17. I had to chase him around my Hummer 30 times Without finally, I caught him up against the gate, and I pulled him up by his neck and ripped his dreadlock out. Yeah. And uh, we we put threw him over the fence, and and he had nowhere to go, so he snuck back over the fence and slipped slipped and slept in the hobbit hole. And uh, it's just like man, he just couldn't get it through his head that you can't be hanging around girls that are under eighteen. Goodness, oh. damn. So uh, it's like a common theme going on. Right. Yeah. It's what yeah. I just got out of that whole yeah. deal. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is you kind of got to a point in life where batshit crazy was just kind of drawn to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, hey, I can, hey, I can relate. I can relate. Because you know, I just, I don't want to skate by myself. So if you're a skater who wants to skate, no matter how far you're coming from, I'll tell you the gate code, and you can skate your ass off. So. But I think that kind of only makes sense, right? Like, from where he started, you know, I'd wake up, I'd want to 
turn the house into a moat and the yeah. kitchen blue and Kavanaugh's Terry rides a elephant. So if that's your reality, <laughs> yeah. right? Like if that's legit yeah. your reality, which is not everyone, really anyone's reality, no. No. it makes sense to be like, yeah, you want to fly in from Switzerland and stay at my house? Here's my gate code. And you know what? That's why, why I tuned in every fucking week because you'd see Compton ask Terry sure. on a fucking elephant. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah. And it's the interesting thing of how this, the start of something and the start of what could take you to fame is also the start of what can take you to the chaos within your own mind like we talked about when you were on with us the first time brandon is what bam was saying i didn't want to skate alone yeah and how many of us we talked about that like you know once you fall deep that's like the op you know you're at the opposite point of connectivity yeah, when you're you just in your find shit. yourself alone because all of us when the party sucks. started and the fun started was yeah we wanted to do it we all had our fun we had our chaos. and there's an abundance of things people places and yeah. plus you you skate to film your tricks because your yeah. skateboarding's endless so you always want to film your new trick mm -hmm. if somebody tray flipped the the love gap and didn't film it then you didn't do it it didn't happen sure yeah, yeah. like you could be there as witnesses <laughs> but like dude he called it so good it was the, yeah right. well if it's not on film it's worthless yeah. like, didn't see it didn't yeah. happen i call bullshit <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was it like so i forget who did the first double backflip on a bmx and then someone else claimed well, I did it first. It's like, did you nah, film that? Shit? Sorry, motherfucker. Yep. I know You're Matt, the Metzger did the first one. I don't remember who. Travis Pastrana, he did this. Who the fuck one. would be trying that without filming it? Like, that's just <laughs> that's idiotic. Some idiotic. people like Julian Stranger from Antihero, yeah. he, oh, yeah. he, he is against yeah, I guess, all filming. Yeah. It's like, I don't skate to film. I skate to. It's like, all right, well, that's rad. Good Aww. on you. People are going to say you shredded that day, but it's only going to go so far. Like, yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, when when shit kind of started to take off, were you like, wow, all this fun? Because really, it was. You just like a dude. You guys just wanted to have fun. You wanted to skate. You kind of didn't want to do shit on standard terms yeah like everything happened really perfect for me like they say timing is everything it's absolutely true um at this point i just put out cky2k uh i just got sponsored by element uh electric sunglasses were so at this point i've bam belts bam wallets bam wristbands bam glasses bam hats bam shirts bam, everything bam and and uh you know when jeff tremaine asked me if they could use some clips from the cky videos to put on uh this thing that they wanted to call Jackass for MTV, they showed the pilot to them and they bought it and they didn't know that it would be so popular. So like a light switch, everybody was looking for Jackass merch mm -hmm. and uh, they're like, why does Bam have all this merch? But Jack, they're trying to print that shit up, but everybody's right. buying my stuff. At, at this point, I'm selling more boards than Tony Hawk. His average is 13,000 boards a month. I was selling about 20 thousand boards a month for about two years straight and we're making pink boards which nobody's done before which made every like girl fan buy it to hang on yeah. their wall you know so how did you feel about all that when all your boards were selling more than tony like how can that not go to your head if it did you know what i'm saying like all it, those checks were coming in were yeah. you just like fuck yeah i mean and, and and uh i mean i thank mtv for for everything and and all the fun and and just everything we got to do but when we we're filming you know I want. I usually skated five hours a day, mm -hmm. but now when you have forty people that are there to film you, they notice that when you're trying to trick for an hour and you land it, it's only one second of screen time. Right, so right. it's not worth their wait. Mm -hmm. So five hours turned into two hours, turned into one hour, and at this point, I just 
basically stopped skating towards uh, season five because right, I right. knew that like it was just a rush of them looking at their watches while they don't get it. If trying they don't to skate, skate, they don't get it. So I slowly stopped skateboarding because of all the obligations that I had with filming with MTV. Because yeah. people just see a tray flip off Love Gap, they just see it for two seconds. Could have taken you two days, maybe yeah. longer, to get that shit. You and know, lately, which I like, like Thrasher <laughs> will show how many tries it took somebody to do something like that. Oh, which really? Shows how hard they took it, it makes you appreciate it yeah. a hell of a lot more when they show the 18 bales before the make sure yeah. sure well the videos just, just show the the awesome land awesome land they don't show the slams they have a slam section yeah. but they don't show the slams in your part and they make that shit look easy too like watching people like nija for example just super smooth butter makes it look easy but it's like no that took a long time so to non-skateboarders I mean? that looks like that the, looks like nothing. that's the expectation yeah. exactly. of what skateboarding yeah. should why is it be? taking you so long but then to, to do an that? actual skateboarder that's the thrill of it all Fuck yeah. Yeah. right like the fucking 80 <laughs> tries for the one make makes it all make that sense that feeling rolling away is what yeah, it was all for it, it's, yeah. Yeah. Undescribable. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like with any kind of passion. Like I'm a, shit, a shitty musician, and you know, bringing up CKY when I've tried to play some of their shit, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, I finally got the the cool little turnaround and familiar realm down. It's like, yeah. all right, fuck. That only took me six months, but when somebody comes over, they're like, you're really good. I'm like, no, I still suck, you know. <laughs> but it's any of those things where you have a passion about they don't realize the the amount of time it was funny we posted up like our it's you know hey going to talk to novak and yeah. and bam margera and they're like dude you guys are an overnight success fuck you i've done broadcasting for 22 years and i'm yeah. overnight success you know it's like dude if, if you back in the 80s when i saw like salman aga switch ali a fire hydrant i'm like mind blown he yeah. did that backwards he doesn't even skate that way he did it switch stance this is unbelievable right if you would show me in the future niger houston doing a backside nose blunt slide down the hollywood high rail i would be just my mind would just explode you know what niger houston he doesn't count he, he's not he's real he's not a real human i mean i've known him since count. he was 13 and his dad would make him do 100 kickflips as soon as he woke up yeah. in the morning like he, skateboarding is easier for him kind of like when when i did the loop at bob burnquist's house uh his phone was ringing down there and he was at the top and he was going to slide his feet down and he realized it was just easier for him to do Did the you? loop and then answer the phone. <laughs> like it was, he's like, you know what? I don't feel like running down this steep thing. I'll just do the loop and it's quicker that way. <laughs> what the fuck? That's right. Cause you guys, are you still on element? Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Well, we started a thing called heart supply, which is off of element. I love oh, I that. It. Jagger Eaton's on it. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's how you know Nigel, for those who don't know, Nigel's been on Element for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he um, started his own thing, I and I, for a little while and then went back to Element. Oh, really? Uh, I yeah. didn't know that. But it's also interesting what you say about like his dad. You think of like the, uh, you know, the Manning boys or something like that, where there was that influence, that push of out of passion. It's like, okay, you got an interest, but guess what? You know, that guidance, that mentorship. Uh, you know, it can push you to that next freaking level. I heard someone say recently, and I thought it was fucking brilliant. It, it, she says she's a really successful entrepreneur in fashion, right? And she sure. has this really successful fashion line. And she said, you know, it took me, and she's everywhere, like Saks, fucking Neiman's. And she said, it took me 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. To yeah. Me, yeah. You know? Well, and I think that's just with any process. Yeah, skateboarding. I mean, any whatever. The, 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 the trying, the trying, the trying to do it. Yeah. So then one day, it catching on mm -hmm. yeah. and if you want to be a pro skater you there's no time for baseball on the side nope. or, or nope. soccer on no. the side like you have to commit full-blown like and I, I thought school was getting in the way I was in 10th grade and and 
I was like, I'm wasting time in here. Like learning when Christopher Columbus discovered America is not going to help me in life. <laughs> I, I still I don't remember that. I need to go to California. Yeah. <laughs> like where does that come in? I need to get straight to California and, and start getting in skate magazines because, you know, I only have a plan A and I don't have a plan B. My plan A is become a professional skateboarder or wind up on TV being funny. Yeah. Like th that was it. And I wasn't going to stop until I got it. And you knocked plan A and B out. So power. To <laughs> <you>. <laughs> it's like it balls yeah, deep or nothing. I remember being in fucking, it was like sixth grade Spanish class. And this hottest chick of fucking school was in there, Natasha Anderson. And she liked the fucking football players, the right. jocks, the dudes that I was, and I was skating and I had my first picture in like a thrasher mag and i brought it in right and and like wasn't like check it out i was holding it and they were bored and they're like hey let me see your magazine so you start flipping through and i knew that was my only yeah, yeah. way to get into her fucking pants ultimately. <laughs> like it wasn't gonna come via a football or baseball like here's right. a magazine that i made like now maybe i'm cool did it to work you. Yeah. it did nice. but then nice. i saw her recently and she Time was not pleasant with her, man. <laughs> yeah. I've had the funny thing about that, like the childhood crush, and then you see him, and it's like, ooh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but, I, but hey, for the chaos shining me on in high school. <laughs> right? But the chaos and, and nutty shit I did with my life, they're probably like, well, he aged well, but fucking bullet dodge. Sure. Know? So, you know. Uh, so when uh, you finally get with the Jackass crew, what was you know, because you didn't know a lot of those guys prior, right? Um, I met Johnny Knoxville beforehand and, um, and Steve-O just through being in it. And, and once we all got together, it was like, a, uh, you know, that lightning in a bottle moment. Mm -hmm. kind of. yeah. But um, that's what makes Johnny Knoxville so brilliant. He's willing to try anything and he doesn't listen to advice <laughs> and he's really like uncoordinated things. So when you say you're going to drop it on this vert ramp, you know, like... <laughs> Oh my God, like you don't even skate. So you got to bend your knees, lean forward. Of course, he does the exact opposite. <laughs> Straight and, uh, legs, leans back. <laughs> like Trying to backflip on a motorcycle. I would have tried it into a foam pit a bunch of times yeah. first. Like he just went for it. Motorcycle goes up 30 feet in the air only to land right back onto his dick. And he had to have a <laughs> catheter in his, in his pants for three fucking years. Oh, like, I, man. I, I, don't, I don't think I would have tried it. I don't think you can give me a big enough check to, hey, Go do a backflip, drop into a mini ramp. Yeah, I try that. You yeah, know what I'm saying? saying? Coming but from who sure. was a professional skateboarder, if you gave me a million dollars in a suitcase and say, try back nose blunt slide down Hollywood, I'd be like, my body can't let yeah, me do this. It can't. Because I, I know that I'm going to be floating down this rail backwards. I'm definitely not going to get into this fucking nose blunt <laughs> slide. Not gonna I'm just going to well. fly backwards 16 stairs. I never got it's blunts. Not end well. Front blunts sometimes, but uh, nose blunts were completely out of the question. I never, my body, I just, my brain wasn't on the same page with my legs with those. Yeah. With those so blunts. when the stuff started taking off with Jackass, how were you guys handling the shooting schedule? I mean, just of all of it, between the shows, the movies... Um, it was it was kind of all over the place. I'd fly in and fly out to California. They'd come in here um, and film, and I'd film my own stuff and send it in. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it was every day. It was trying to think of something new that you could come up with. Yeah. Which uh, is going to be really tough. We were supposed to film a Jackass 4 starting last October. Then COVID happened, and uh, it's been over a year now, and still nothing's happened. But, I mean... If you think about it, ridiculousness is just a weekly episode of a new jackass yeah. because there's always gnarly dudes on YouTube doing stupid ass shit and it's never going to end. So right. like yeah. 
But it's a little different though, because it's you guys doing yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Like but everybody I mean, grew up to you doing it. But being 40 and and like my muscle memory doesn't yeah. have skateboarding like how it used to, <laughs> and uh, jumping down 20 stairs every day, and and just being used to learn how to fall. I feel like if I jump down 20 stairs now, I'd possibly just break both of my hands. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I don't know what I'm capable of. Um, hopefully it'll work out. But usually when we film a jackass, um, I've uh, two broken bones that I know that I have to deal with. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of sucky. <laughs> Couldn't so, go into how do you like go that. to the mis- So we're going to do this shit, but I'm going to have two broken bones. I just want to know all the shit that's kind of come our way in our relationship. This is coming too. And, yeah. and you wake up every day wondering like, is this the day? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, we need you to do this, this and that. Yep. Today's or is the day. this the day of the today. snakes, you know, because uh, I told director Jeff Romain not to film anything except snakes. I'm terrified of them. So what does he do? He makes me fall into a pit of snakes. And uh, <laughs> now I'm always on, on, on edge about anything. Anything that I could be vulnerable about. Like, hey, bam, just get into this manhole cover because we're going to have Wee Man drive through it on a mini bike. And, yeah, right. It's just a ruse <laughs> for you to get me in a manhole so you can throw snakes like, in there right? and then trap me. In, like, and your allergies were to... acting up pretty good that day in the snake pit, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's, uh, it's, it's payback for the shit you did to Ape with putting the fucking alligator in her house. Oh, yeah. And, and then another thing is, you have to define what's funny at the age of 40 because sure. if I would kick my dad's door open while he was in the bathroom taking a shit and beat the fuck out of him, people would think I belong in a mental institution. <laughs> right? You know, like when we were 16, we are adolescent fucking jerk-offs who ordered a soda from Wendy's just to throw it right back in the hole and say fire in the hole. If I did that now, they'd be like, what is wrong? <laughs> we've, we've already been arrested for other bullshit. Uh, you need a hug. You're not allowed to throw sodas in there, sweetie. You can't do that. So yeah, it's time have changed a little bit huh so what was bam like as a as a little kid and by the way i don't know how you got the nickname bam by the way um my grandpa just i was always jumping off coffee tables and running into walls and he's like yo bam bam so yeah bam bam just slowly became one bam even in kindergarten my name was bam and if you even said brandon i wouldn't even look I, well, I got an email. It said Brandon Margera. I was like, who the fuck is that? Is that like Jess's first name or something? Like, I don't know who that is. Like, uh, so you were pretty rambunctious then and kind of a daredevil as a kid then. Yeah. I was, I was always up to uh, just, you know, that's the thing. And the older I got, the more I wanted to be like, uh, you know, Annie McCoy, who's basically Jack Sparrow from the Pirates of the Caribbean in real life. Uh, <laughs> you know, seeing Motley Crue having all these like chicks drinking whiskey and shit and partying up. If yeah. you look at, if they were still at 50 doing that now, it would be really pathetic, yeah. you know? So yeah, yeah. now I just want to like honestly just be a, a sober, good person. Sure. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. I've seen, it takes footage of seeing me. Like there's times where I thought that I got gold and I'd have to relook at what we got and I could barely even form sentences with Andy McCoy that we're not making any sense. And I'm just like, dude, this is really pathetic, man. Like I got to stop. Oh, <laughs> Isn't it crazy though? At the time, literally it's yeah. like, this is the best fucking footage. This is going to be, this is going to be mind blowing. And then you look back it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's like the little thing. Like, and, um, and now, it, it, you know, it used to be to drink and have fun with your friends and, you know, now Nikki showed me footage of like me a year ago and it was four in the morning and I'm like shouting from downstairs saying that we need to talk, you know, waking up Phoenix. It was just really pathetic. Yeah. And um, because of that, I just don't want to touch the shit anymore. Sure. Yeah. I, I did it. It was fun, I guess. 
But I mean, it took a toll on my body after this fuckface unstoppable tour. We were on a tour bus from 2013 to 15. I was waking up to like Jack Daniels and hot tea. Maybe if there was some white drugs, I'd be doing that. Like anything besides heroin, of course. Well, me on the other hand, <laughs> I, I handled that. One. Yeah, that was yeah, okay. Yeah. I saw I saw a doctor at the end of the tour, and he said. Your legs are like dehydrated, dehydrated, dry, rub, rotten rubber bands that I don't know that you could ever heal from this. Right. So I lean over to try to touch my toes and my hamstring just popped. Oh, out of, fuck. Yeah, like that's how oh, dehydrated fuck. they were. But you still skated after that though, right? It like took you a still... long time to heal. Okay. And you yeah. went to, um, you went somewhere to skate. Oh gosh, where was it? It was far away. I can't remember the name of the Florida, country. Florida Flow. No. no. Barcelona. Was right? it Barcelona they or something like that? The, oh, when I relearned how when to you relearned, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went all over Spain. Well, I don't blame you because anywhere around here, I mean, if you're trying to get your bearings back, you don't yeah. want people because to see you, right? Like exactly. you want to be left alone. Exactly. Yeah. No, I can understand. But that. yeah, no, it, it 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 and it goes back to again a lot of the conversations that we've just had with folks about that. It's like we we we. It's a clip that people have gone back and texted me like, "Oh God, that that's so true." Where the three of us were talking the first time and. Uh, you know, people like, oh, you must have been miserable. No, it started out as fucking fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was really, really fun. And then, like you're saying, I had a David Hasselhoff moment, too. If you remember him where he was, like, his daughter filming him. Oh, yeah. Cheeseburger. Yeah. Cheeseburger. Yeah, I had that. And it's, yeah. you know, the, or the Mel Gibson. Yeah. Well, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't go Mel Gibson. That's just not in my heart to go that I know. Far. It's gnarly. But I've been a total that piece of yeah. shit where it's yeah. like, you know, Ah, you're the worst person, and it's like, oh my god, who's that guy? Yeah. I don't even recognize that asshole, yeah. you know. And and, you're and then you see footage, right? Like Nikki shows him footage of him doing that. I mean, I remember him showing me footage of me doing it, and it's like, mm. fuck. No. Yeah. The Knockin' Doors Down Book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. At the time, though, I think it's the best fucking thing ever. Yeah. The footage is gold. Yeah. You know, and then you see it from a different perspective, and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? This is, like, pretty sad. Well, it's almost where we kind of go into a bit of a psychosis, don't you think? Because it, it, it feels like a split personality. We were talking with this about, with uh, Mike, the situation. It's like, okay, they're your actions, but you're so disconnected from them being your actions, and yet you have to own it, and it's kind of like a mind fuck. It's like sitting here now as we are in a sober state i wouldn't do that yeah but it's like which is why it's so I hard and i think that's why it's so hard to not only get sober <clears throat> but stay sober yeah. right because well, the whole reason why i do it is to escape my reality yeah. of, of who i've become all the fucked up things i've done to that point so who wants to like get sober then see all the shit and have to address it one-on-one -on -one, face to face and actually go through it yeah. without having to drink to escape the reality to, to be yeah. disconnected again and yeah. a lot of people you repeat. know like i, I Back in 2013, I'd black out like all the time. Yeah. I, I couldn't even count how many times. And people would be like, well, it looks like you had a fun time last night. Like, yeah, I had a good time at Kildare's Pub. 
Yeah, Kildare's Pub. Then you went to Iron Hill and pissed all over the window and nearly got arrested. <laughs> then you went to Pita Pit and, and uh, didn't feel like waiting for the line at the grand opening, so you pissed all over the counter. They banned you for life. Then you get, wound up getting into a fist fight, and your buddy, Buddy Bill, tried to help, and he wound up getting arrested. He's in jail now. <laughs> and and then the party like, comes back to the house. And, and then If nobody ever would have told me that, I would have thought it was a typical night at Kildare's. Like, right. And that was I, like a... Four night a week occurrence. Yeah, I it mean, wasn't like oh wait we have shit to do Monday morning. We should no. It was really just until we didn't feel like doing it anymore. But it's what's fucked up is that I had this mentality that like all press is good press unless mm-hmm. you're a rape artist or or a right. murderer, <laughs> you know. But like all press is good press, which isn't really the case because um you know the last few times I wound up on TMZ and the Dr. Phil thing, I've kind of. Uh, turn my character into a, a raging lunatic um, where Paramount thinks that I'm pretty much a liability and Jeff Tremaine had to fight for me to be in Jackass 4 to the point where it's the flip of a coin 50-50. I don't even know if I'm going to be in it anymore because of my actions. Still and where we're sitting right now, you don't know if you're going to be in it? It's it's really up in the air and, oh. it's, and it's been a real toll on my brain of just sure. wondering for a year because yeah. of covid wondering if i'm gonna be in it or not like i feel like i have gotten more gray hairs from it because i wake up every day and just think am i gonna be in this or not right and uh it's just really fucks with your head and it's interesting you can't have a jackass for without bams no you can't it will all right i protest yeah (laughs) it's interesting how you talk about like for me motley crew especially uh nikki six and tommy lee were like two of my heroes and we've talked about other heroes and skaters that we we watched or you know for me it was uh actors and musicians Oddly enough, Mel Gibson, um, but uh, and and how we we strive and want to be like those influences. So the trip for you guys was thrown into literally getting paid to be fucking jackasses. Yeah, well, and I mean, that dude, was the stuff that was it. put out there. Mostly everybody wants to be famous or rich and famous, mm-hmm. and they're trying to think of something different that anybody could do. And you could take the opposite route. Like Gigi Allen is definitely memorable and famous. I mean, he would have his fan have his thumb up his ass the whole time while he's singing on the microphone as he would shove it up his ass and then sing with a shit microphone and then, you know, punch some random girl in the face that's in the crowd. You know, that is it, 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 yeah. it, it that makes you you're definitely original and i remember everything about it but i mean you're not famous you're almost infamous right. for being like known yeah. as being a pure jerk off on this planet yeah yeah you know? yeah for sure I, I think with age you know we, we become more mature and kind of see things for what they really are and what at least for me is important in this lifetime, yeah. right? Like being a good person, being a good friend, treating others as I would. All this shit that my fucking mother told me as a five-year-old is how I like to try to live my life today. Yeah. You don't lie, you don't cheat, you don't steal, you don't drink, you don't drug, and nothing good happens past midnight. Yeah. Like all these stupid mm-hmm. fundamental things are really so fucking true. And what matters is just trying to be a good person. Yeah, and it, and it really does. You know, when we talked before, you and I had some parallels with, with, with fatherhood. Thank goodness my dad's here. He's been sober 20 years. He's a great, beautiful man. And, you know, he went through shit traumas too, which... You know, that's the, that's one of the things that I've seen is the tr- generational trauma from generation to generation. And, you know, you know, Brandon's story better than yeah. we could, you know, with his dad. Tell the and, first time you met my dad. Oh, all right. Here's one. <laughs> he was just like, who's this little faggot, you know? And he's sitting there with a knife or something, just like he ca- scared the shit of me. I'm like, Hi, I'm, I'm Bam from Westchester. He's like, what the hell are you do? You know, it just terrified me. But um, there's like kids who are fucking 12, 13 years old yeah. and. 
I brought him back to Baltimore to stay at my house one weekend because we used to come stay at his old house, skate chief skates, and he had never met my dad. And I told him about it, and we were like, break, we were breaking bottles at the top of the street. Yeah, and, and instantly they're like, <laughs> the police pull out. up. What's your name? He's like Eric Ricks, R I C K S. I'm like, holy shit, I had got to come up with an alias. What's your name? I'm like Bucky Lasik. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, well, where, where's your address? I'm like, I live at um. I, I couldn't lie. I just, and I'm like already in that life. Oh, of you life can tell life. he's been there and I'm done like this before. I'm like gearing for addiction. I'm like yeah. priming up. You already knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Dude, if you play, want to talk play, about play. owning up to something, one of the raddest things that, that happened was I threw a party at this house a long time ago and um, the doorbell rings at 11 in the morning and I open it up and it's just this like guy all hung over holding my VX2000 video camera and I'm like, what's up? He's like, I just want to say I got drunk and um, like an idiot, I stole your uh, camera and I am just here to give it back. I'm like, hold up. You didn't even blame it on your dumb little brother or like your idiot friend or whatever. You're just owning this full blown. I'm like, you're original, man. And you're honest. What's your name? Like, just keep the camera like, then. <laughs> well, I didn't do that. But yeah, I was, come in and have a drink. But the brutal honesty of him just owning it and, right. and admitting it. Yeah went a long way right right at that point let's hair the dog Come yeah on. totally you know what i gotta say this and it really makes me feel better because i would get tickets all the time skateboarding but i never skated with my wallet because you don't need an id when you get tickets you know what I mean? when you're a kid you don't so i would give them a fake name but my correct address so my mom would get these tickets in the mail and she would send them back uh there was no mikey son of a bitch that lives here and yeah. then so we never had to pay for there it is so no, I feel it there's the no boat. dick yeah. throbbing cock look here. at that I got that in common with Bam and Novak how do you like that <laughs> totally. that's fucking awesome it was just you know I remember because we we come skate and stay at his house so right. when yeah. I was all stoked because we had like really formed a really tight friendship at a young age sure. so I'm like dude come back to Baltimore skate with me and my buddies and like see my house and I'm all excited to bring yeah. him back Ape and Phil like she makes Rice Krispie treats it, Phil films of skating, like a really fucking all-American home. Right. And I bring him back all excited to show mine, and my fucking drunken father is sitting at the table just like playing knife games with his hand. He's like, who the fuck are you, faggot? And he's like, I I'm Bam. <laughs> like, oh, man, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Last time, well, I drove Novak to Baltimore, and we're like in the ghetto, pull up to a red light. Oh, he's fuck. like, see that fucker over there in the wheelchair? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's my father. He rolls down the window. Hey, dad, fuck you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. His dad's the only person like in the history that inherits a million-dollar beautiful home from his, his parents who passed away. And now he's in this million-dollar home in Baltimore and gets all paranoid on crack, yeah. winds up lighting the First house First, he calls fire. the police oh. on himself. He calls the police on himself. The police show up. It's snowing outside. And he's like, people are outside. They're trying to break in. They're after me. And, uh, and they do a perimeter check of the house, and there's no footprints in the snow. So they know that he's, like, delusional. No one's right, after him. Right, right. They commit him. They take him for a 72-hour hold, similar to a 5150. 50, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he gets let, they let him go. He comes home and picks up where he leaves off, smoking crack. Shit. And this time, instead of fucking calling the police because he doesn't want to go back to jail for three days or this yeah. loony bin, he just lights the house on fire. Holy what shit. Yeah. Yeah, Man. dude. Million dollar wow. home. Yeah. Now it's just a flat acre of nothing. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's just another treetop casino. I just go by and see like, <laughs> all the dreams that could have been. <laughs> well, that's a trip because like Carlos's book that we got right here, The Knocking Doors Down book, he, you know, he talks a lot about that, those attempts at like getting sober and stuff. And then the last time 
You know, he kind of was in a psychosis. He was running down the fucking street, like knocking on doors, ironically, like banging and, on well, fucking and doors. Speaking of 5150, 51 I had the pleasure to go to the mental institution for 10 days um, about two years ago. And it was it was the worst time of my life. Like, honestly, um, I realized that whether you're wrong or right, if you speak up, the more you raise your voice, you know, like. Uh, my buddy Hannafin called me when, when I, before I was in the mental institution. He's like, Bam, you don't understand. You got to get me out of here. They have my, my room bugged with microphones. The Russians are after me. They give me water and they say, I wouldn't drink that if I were you. Like, starts banging his head against the wall. He's like, you got to get me out of here. I'm like, Hannafin, the more you do that, the more you're going to stay in right, there. So right. there mm-hmm. I am listening until I get a straight jacket put on. I'm like, you moron. So once I go there, I have this roommate and it's just like seven foot black dude who would just get up in, at night and just stare at me as I'm sleeping. And I couldn't take it anymore. I didn't get any sleep. On day number three, I went up to the receptionist or whatever. I'm like, you don't understand. This guy keeps you're staring at me at night. Crazy. And da, 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 da. So now and they're the looking talk, at you like yeah, you're totally. crazy. So whether I'm right or wrong, it's like, you put look volume insane. in them. Like make them straight jacket. And straight jacket. And, uh, so the more you speak up, the, I just learned how to just keep my mouth shut. But... As long as you're in your environment, I guarantee that if you move to uh, Yellowknife, Canada and start hanging out with Eskimos, you're going to become an Eskimo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're around all these crazy totally. people who think that they're married to their own shoe and start yelling at the kitchen because it's an asshole, you're <laughs> going to start wind up doing that too. It's going to become normal to you. The yeah. abnormal becomes the normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you hang well, out in a crack house all the time, you're going to think that it's a casual thing to smoke crack in front of people. Sure when if you wind up in McDonald's or whatever, smoking crack, you're going to get the place. This isn't crack Donald shit. That's two blocks down. Yeah. But see, that's why so much crazy shit would go on in this house because yeah. literally anything went. I remember one time we had the radio room down there. We used to, he had a show, Sirius Satellite Radio, and they set up a whole studio down there. And I had been sniffing cocaine here for God knows how long. And and he's like, dude, let's go downstairs and listen to a, a song in the radio room. And I was convinced he was calling me down there to kill me with this this fucking sword Because I'm just holding had. the sword listening to music and he was wondering like, why, why I'm going to use it on him. <laughs> I'm like legit uh, so delusionally paranoid. I thought yeah. that he was trying to bait me into the room to kill me. Yeah. I'm like, I stood, I never forget, I stood at the top of the stairs, he's at the bottom of the stairs and he's got this sword in his hand, <laughs> this big sword, 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 sword. And I'm like, what, what why? What are we going to listen to? Why do we have to do it down there? There's a little AM, FM radio right here. He's like, no, the speakers are. And the more he said why we should do it down there, the more I was convinced he was going to kill me in that room. We See, we created that environment yeah. here. Then I opened up the top room just to see, because uh, it's like four in the morning. I wanted to see who else was up. Nobody's up except Novak on this very pool table with this stripper. And he, yes. she's trying to do this line of cocaine. He looks up and sees it. He goes, watch this. She leans down to do it, and he's thumping her. He goes, boom, and it all flies everywhere. She's like, you fucking asshole. She's trying to carve it up again. And so she leans down to do it again. Boom. This went on for like 30 minutes. And he's just standing there I'm watching. I'm just up there just dying laughing, man. Uh, so when I hear people in AA meetings say, my... My worst day sober is better than my best day getting high. I'm like, you had a sad fucking life, man. <laughs> yeah. well, like, I had some of the best times I of my life a, partying. Well, the yeah. first time I, I got sent to rehab was because my mom and wife really wanted me to. I was like 28 years old or something. And I'm at Karen and Redding. And like, I'm listening to this lady talk. 
She's like, first of all, there's nothing good that could come from alcohol. It's a fact, and we all know that. I'm like, uh, tell that to the threesome I had last night. And tell that to the two Lamborghinis in my driveway. You know, like, was well, and, and she didn't know what to say about this because, like, at the time, I mean, Jackass, we were sponsored by Miller High Life. Like, you yeah. know, like we got drunk and get the beer muscles to do stupid shit. I mean, now it's not the case. We, they I say, I think you might have to cut this show in just such a way where we start off talking about. How it's such a party in the beginning, and then at the end, well, it's like dry rubber bands. We're gonna, get, we're, <laughs> we're gonna get to it. We're gonna get when it. it's your college years and you're Dude. having fun with your friends. It's it's an, it's a nice party time, but at forty, it's it's not cool. It anymore, becomes right? pathetic. It, it, becomes, it becomes really pathetic. It becomes really pathetic to chase the chicks the three ways. The, oh my god! The, yeah. the, the, I have father at two. The irresponsibility that took place there, but it's kind of funny to share my radio story at a bar friends having trouble getting set up with their band and everything they go kill time they had to go buy a new tube for an amp i'm up there drinking jack and coke telling jokes guy goes you're funny you want to work in radio I go you want to buy me a fucking jack and coke bam you know what i'm saying yeah and so it is weird how these things you kind of get into it in the fun and fuck i've interviewed every guy from motley Crue, my favorite band of all time and gene simmons you know and all this shit and it's like wow you had all this stuff but yeah we get to that point where it's like God, it'd be really fucking sad to go pick up on 22-year-olds at this point and, yeah. and be like, all right, want to come back to my house, but you got to leave by 10 because the sitter's bringing my kids at that point. I got to sober. It's just like, Could yeah. you imagine going to like day drink right now, like in killed airs? Dude, I can't even count the amount of times because Jake's Bar is the only bar that uh, opens up at 7 in the morning. We've so opened that joint so we many times. we opened up that joint. There's no way on earth that I would ever Could you do imagine that, that? No, I couldn't. And, and ironically, the only person here that could probably do that is this guy because he is a normie, like we talked about. He had his stint with, with yeah, cocaine, yeah, totally. but now cocaine he's like, my thing, oh, know? whatever. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like with us, it would be like, no, you wouldn't have day drinking because it would turn into five days later. Yeah. You know, the boss man, are you coming back from Philadelphia? It's like, wait, well, that's what? the crazy thing. Yeah. Like, he was the boss man, so like he liked <laughs> to party as much as we did. So I was like, fuck yeah, let's party. Yeah. Right. There was really no fucking guidelines to it. Yeah. So like in it's, years with painkillers and all that kind of shit too, right, Brennan? Yeah, him and I totally differ when it comes to partying. Like we right. both love alcohol and, and cocaine, but I like to go downtown mm -hmm. big time, mm -hmm. where he likes to like go uptown. Right, right, right. Yeah. So like when you would do stunts and shit and get just fucking wrecked going to the hospital, you probably weren't mad at it. Right? I was, because I was stoked. Like up. yeah, he would be like, "Do you want to do this?" And I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" Because like it's, it's a it's a two way road that's it's gonna win. For him, if he lands the trick, yay. Great. If he gets a broken ankle, yay, because he goes to the hospital to get more pain. More and then yeah. there, I'm actually allowed to now take the pills. Yeah. Because like before, he'd be like, all right, no pills and no heroin, no mm -hmm. downers, because you fall asleep in mid-conversation, you end up stealing my cars, my wallets, my credit cards. Fuck. Cocaine, socially acceptable, alcohol's right. cool, because like yeah. we're all doing it. Yeah. So... I'm like, fuck yeah, sign me up to anything. I break the bones, I get paid on top of it, awesome street creds will get me some pussy later on down the line. Right. Uh, I get paid to do it, and then you take me to the hospital, and I get like a legal script from a real doctor, mm -hmm. and now like him and everyone else is okay that I'm eating pills. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's a fucking win-win. Yeah. Yeah. And it's better than me fucking letting men blow me in Baltimore yeah. like for a bag of heroin. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I'd, rather, I'd much prefer yeah. to bang a stripper out on this pool table <laughs> while she spills cocaine. Or drop into a half pipe on a toilet. <laughs> yeah, and break both my ankles and like legally be allowed 
to get high right. and have approval from my fucking best friends. <laughs> right, so like, right. Bring it on. Yeah, but it shows that that weird dichotomy too, because it's kind of bam. I can relate to you, like being a kid. Like for me, believe it or not, I was actually short and skinny at one point, and nobody paid attention to me until I did something like stupid or mm-hmm. made the joke, was the class clown or whatever else it is, you know. And it, it, as a shy kid that didn't talk at home, but oddly, you know, like mom would get the call from school. Jason's been talking out of class. My son? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Then I get home. I don't know what to talk about, Mom. I'm going to go to my room. Yeah. Because I just didn't feel like I fit in. Yeah. But until, like, when I hit that, that run in my, you know, it's funny, late I, teens, early 20s, and it was, like, that connectivity. But I, it was false. I recently came to the, the realization that, like, skateboarding did for me at a young age what drugs and alcohol did for me at a later age, mm. right? Like you Why? give me that skateboard at the age of seven and put me in a room with the world's prettiest models. I'll not only believe that they're waiting for me, but I'll think that they're dying to marry me, yeah. right? Like then later on, drugs and alcohol produce that same effect for me, yeah. right? Where I think, I don't walk into a room 20 minutes late thinking that everyone's staring at me. I think that everyone's waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's just weird how that dichotomy yeah. and that psychic change takes place. Yeah. That I, I couldn't understand. Well, and it's that control that, I mean, everybody has it with ego, but with addiction, it, that, that shit gets like way the fuck out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, think about it now, like if, you know, the age I'm over 40 as well, it's like the shit I went and splurged on with money or whatever. It's like, ain't no fucking way. I got two kids that might want to go to Dude, like college remember, remember or do the Lambo? Something. You went and bought the Lambo? Yeah. He fucking went and bought, well, this is his first of two Lambos. But it's he's buying the Lambo. We go in and he wants it purple, right? Mm. With these hardograms on it. Which is dope. So he, what, <laughs> what he gets off on is like, and this is when we were partying, he would dress up like a complete pile of shit and he goes in and, and they won't even deal with him. But then finally when they do come over, because like they just have to address this homeless guy in the showroom, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I want this. I want it purple and I want hardograms. And like he would get off on not asking to save a dollar. You know what I mean? Like right. full price. And then this hot like chick from FC Kerback has to like these models they hire to bring you water or soda or a beer comes in and I'm like trying to fuck her while he's yeah. trying to negotiate this, not even negotiate the deal. He's just doing the paperwork. You did fuck her. I did fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at first the guy's like, oh, she can't be in here. And I'm like, if she can't be in here, we we're not buying kids. the car. <laughs> we're, I'm fucking yeah. buying the $400,000 car, babe. So he's been <laughs> saying. And I'm like, no, she doesn't come. We're not buying the car. Lo and behold, she comes in. She comes back here the night he buys the car. I fucking get coke dick, man. And I can't, my dick won't get hard. I can't fuck her. But she comes back the second night and I actually execute it. But he didn't ask for a dollar off was the point of that story. Well, but uh, the whole story is all ego. Yeah. Like the whole thing. It's it's crazy. Once once you have a kid, everything changes. It's like, whoa, I can't blow money like that anymore. I got to. I have a saved up bank account for his future. <laughs> what what happens? Man, I really got to start saving money now. Like I never thought what how much money I would have in 10 years from now it didn't apply to me, but now it it really affects me and like having Phoenix actually save Nikki's life because she had a, a drug problem and you know, once once Phoenix happens, she wants nothing to do with anything right. anymore. That's awesome. Right. And it's kind of crazy how people have that click. Like Novak's mom couldn't take it anymore to the point where she got down on her hands and knees and prayed, dear God, please kill him, cure him or or kill me because I can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it's just hard to, to have 
me to establish what is my rock bottom because most people's rock bottom is being left with nothing. Yeah. No right. friends, no money, nowhere to go. Right. You know, there's always going to be somewhere to go, you know, so it's just yeah. hard for me to establish a rock bottom. But I think honestly, uh, the dichotomy of our friendship and, and I accredit him to saving me and getting me out of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Like one day how it happened is he was on a tour with Toy Machine and, and he had made CKY. CKYs had already like fucking blown up, wildly successful. And, uh, and I'm a homeless fucking heroin addict in Baltimore. And I went into a skate shop called Select to try, or it was called Kelly's Board Shop. And I tried to get some money out of them. Yeah. Unbeknownst to me, he was there the day before. And he's like, yo, does Novak, do you see him? They're like, nah, he's fucking hell. He's homeless, heroin addict. He left his number. Said, if he comes in, give him my number. And if he wants to like get clean and start skating on I'll help him. So I go in the next day and they're like, we're not giving you any money, but here's Bam's number. And he said, if you want to get clean, call him. Mm-hmm. A few days later, I called him and, uh, and he accepted the call and he brought me up and he started bringing me here and like allowing me another chance at life. And I believe if I would have stayed in Baltimore, I absolutely would have been fucking consumed by addiction. No question. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I accredit him largely to why I am sitting here today. No doubt in my life. No doubt in my mind. But now as fate would have it, you know, our journeys kind of took a different path and, and he's on this path of trying to like find himself and better his life. And, uh, I believe that I was like kind of groomed for this position to now return that favor, you know? So like when he reached out to me a while ago and was like, dude, you know, I, I need some guidance. I need some help, you know, like I was meant to be there for that in a mm. weird way. Well, and that's why things all happen for a reason because he was at the shop the day before you were. Exactly. And who would have knows what would have happened to Brandon Novak if Bam didn't go that day? One, like you said in the beginning, you know, it's all about the timing of things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think in the grand scheme of things, what I've learned is life is lived forward sure. and learned backwards. Yeah. Yeah. In retrospect, looking back, like best friends, we, I show up now, yeah. you know, and, and unfortunately what sucks is with the disease of addiction is when we can be so consumed in it, it doesn't look like friendship. It's like, yeah. fuck you. You're being a dickhead. You free, you know, yeah. but, yeah. but now I think with where he's at in life, I, I pray to God, he can kind of see mm-hmm. that I, I'm just doing it in a really healthy way with helping as opposed to not being an enabler, mm-hmm. you know? And I think now he's in a good enough position Man, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but you can maybe see that I'm coming from it from a place of like yeah. love and understanding. Well, yeah, and at first we were all gonna have anger because it's like, what? What do you mean you won't give me what my fix is? Because people don't understand, you know, that that are normies and God bless them. Sure. You know, glad they don't have to experience. They don't have to know the addict's mind and the the shit that goes on up there. They don't totally. get the they don't get the the triggers, the anxieties, the the all the shit that you are feeling at one single minute. You can feel like the spectrum of thoughts and emotions about yourself, the world, your place in it, your lack of your place and everything else. And what do you mean you love me and you won't let me have the thing that just takes that away right now. Sure. I get that I might feel worse tomorrow, but at least I don't have to feel it right no. now. And, you know, and they just, they unfortunately don't understand, but thank goodness they don't understand yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And I would say the reason I bring that up is for me, that was the identity of my bottom was it's just, I can't manage it anymore. I can't, all these things going on, the kids, I was uh, and everyone operations manager of a radio station. It's like, I'm going to lose everything that I've done that I've worked for. You know, and it's just and like, I, like at the time I didn't realize that I was the biggest enabler towards Novak because 
he was my walking television set and he would make me laugh all the time. And when he would ask me for money, I knew it was for nothing good. So I'd be like, all right, you want money? I know what you're going to get. So shove this rock up your ass if you really want this money. You know, like, <laughs> which then, was great. Where's the fucking rock? Then he forgot about forgot the rock about for three it. days and he blew his asshole out, winding up in the hospital. because. Oh. <laughs> but we have footage of it, which will all go in my documentary. So like it all works. Right. Um, you know, but the thing is, you know, when I came up here and he was like, no pills, no heroin. Right. He was doing the best that he had. He doesn't understand the disease of addiction. You know, sure. he's drinking and doing his own thing anyways. So at the time, looking back now, he thinks he was enabling me, but he was doing the best that he could with what he had. Yeah. You know, and we were kind of caught up in that moment. Sure. And now, like, I believe that I was brought to where I am now to kind of, like, help do for him what he did for me years ago. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I also think that karma is 100% real. With me, it happens instantly, but with others, it happens, you know, it could take a while and it'll happen differently. But let's just say I just got this brand new BB gun and I'm like, can, yeah, lamp, got it, bird, <laughs> fuck, why not, got it. Phone rings, I run to the phone, I twist my ankle so bad that I wasn't able to do the FDR contest the next day. Oh, You know, like, shit. that's how it works for me. And also what comes around goes around absolutely happens. It's just a matter of time, but I mean, you know, Nikki's sitting there saying, how are you still friends with Novak and Buddy Bill when they, he wrecked your Audi R8 all drunk and Novak wrecked it all high on pills? You should both tell them to go fuck themselves. That very, like a week later, she hops in the Porsche and gets fucking T-boned or whatever, gets a DUI, and, and it's just like, should I tell you to go fuck yourself? <laughs> you know, like, I don't that, think we can be friends anymore. Yeah, like, like, you know what I mean? Like you, you were begging me to tell him to go fuck yourself. Should I tell you? Right. Because I guarantee you just cost me more money than the both of them combined. You know and what? then take it a Calm. step further. Novak actually gets sober and like actually pays me a check every month for the car. So he's the only one actually paying it back. Right? So Nikki, like, call Brandon and apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy how the world fucking plays out. Yeah. You know, like... Well, I could have never seen this ending, and this isn't even the ending. This is just yeah. merely the beginning to the next chapter of our lives. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Because I know you, you do the steps, because you did like 180 and 180, right? I'm like or intense something. AA yeah. guy. He's not, and that's the one thing that I've recognized, Lately, is that though, this doesn't work for everybody. Like, that same method does not work. What works for me does not work yeah. for you or him, and yeah. who am I to say what it will be for it to work. I couldn't get past the higher power thing. It just didn't make sense to me. But sure. recently I had a uh, thing happen to me. I woke up with this weird like cyst on my um, upper chest and I thought it was like cancerous and it was really serious, scared the shit out of me. And like in this weird way, I found God, you know, and and now I feel like if I go back to these steps, I can it, it'll make sense to me now. Yeah, you know? dude, well, I, I got to, I received some texts from him after like he had this situation and you know who am i to who am i to say what it will be for it to take right yeah. like i didn't think it for him would be a fucking stupid cyst going to the hospital but maybe that's what it was right, for it yeah, to take yeah. so much so that he's like texting me these things and i'm like either that aha moment that click has taken place mm -hmm. or he's just high out of his fucking mind because <laughs> it's like this like something something's really happening there's a breakthrough going on here yeah. and that's the coolest thing like it doesn't my bottom isn't necessarily his or yours. You know, like yeah. it's just, it, it's 
it's just it's powerful and it's it's different and that's but that's also the exact uh, flip side of that coin is why addiction and alcoholism is such a hard thing to deal with mm-hmm. yeah. because like it's it's just it's not on anyone's time and it's yeah. not in a written in an instruction manual with black and white rules that you read and it works yeah right you have to like no matter it's so crazy our friendship I've 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 robbed from him I've stole from him I've lied to him I've you know I and then. Like he's people, right? His mother, fucking nigga, leave Novak. He's gonna do nothing but hurt you. Like he's a fucking, uh, he's a liability to everything. And he never did, right? And then as fate would have it, I get sober and like, I just want him to be better. I want him Mm -hmm. to do better. And I just continuously get hurt. And it's like, huh, karma. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's only fitting that I have to address and deal with these things. And it's very easy for me to be like, dude, fuck Bam. He doesn't want to get it. He doesn't. He wants to drink. He wants to be an asshole. But the reality is, is, is he never was like, fuck Novak. Yeah. You know. So like, never I still, yeah. So yeah. I still continue to be his friend, and and I'm here when you know, and and now like we're in a both a good place, which is yeah. a really fucking uh, comforting feeling because you see that person, you just want. You want that friendship back. You want to go back to where we ran around this house and did God knows what, just without the drugs and alcohol. Right. You know, it's you have like no idea how many different stories are running through my head just looking at this house. I grew up with this with you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like on my fucking the TV, edited version. This whole yeah, the edited version. It's yeah. just but, it's a but, trip. But yeah, you're you're right because what you're saying with you know just without the drugs and alcohol is that pure connectivity that you guys had since you were little. Yeah. You know, like my best friend. Granted, he you know no addiction stuff, but. He, he, you know, he's a normie. He can have his, but still we get together. We were three years old when we met and it's like one of the only places I feel like purely naturally myself, Yeah, you know? And so we all look for that, like that acceptance, which, you know, you were accepting, whereas everybody else, ah, you know, Bam's off the rocker. Or when Brandon was, it was like, nah, that, that good dude, that heart, that person that I love and know, they're still in there, man. And yeah. they're just waiting to get out. They just fucking can't and figure out how. And you don't find how. many people in life that will stand by you through that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. No. Yeah. You know, people are quick to fucking discredit yeah. or discount yeah. Yeah. you yeah. or it or whatever. So. Yeah, I've had, a, you know, attempted relationships and stuff but you know some of their they, the relationship didn't work but they're still kind of cool with checking in and being like how are you doing in life what's going on you know here and there so it's cool that you know there's that bonds there's those people that wanted to see you know they saw beyond the shit they had those genuine moments with you you know and it's you know as much as we like the cool stuff it's uh it's pretty cool here bam to be here yeah and i meet your you know nikki yeah and phoenix yeah and it's quiet. It's like chill. I'm almost like, you know, it'd be really nice right now, a cup of tea. And it's like, Oh shit, I've grown up and it's kind of fucking cool. <laughs> no, I want to take advantage of this. Like I'm at Bam's house. I need to like fucking jump off the stairs or something. I got to do something. Bam, what can I, can and what can I not do? You tell me. Like, we don't I'm have from the fucking Don't ask him so. what not to do. I'm fucking, he'll let you do anything. I'm going to take <laughs> that. These kids from Indiana showed up. They asked if they could stay the night. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. He's like, hey, I filmed a jackass stunt. Do you want me to send it to you? I'm like, sure, why not? It's him on the balcony shitting into his buddy's <laughs> ass. His what? buddy's ass is just up in the air and he shit into his ass from, from up there. I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, I'm not going to do and all that. And that was just like a month ago. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't like years ago. So that's like still a theme here. Yeah. You know, the scary part is if people were, if anyone was to conjure that and execute it sober. It's like, that is not even a sober thought. To involve stunts yeah. with poop, it, it, yeah. it doesn't sit well with me. When Sivo yeah. did the, um, 
the porta potty bungee yeah, cord oh thing. Oh no, fuck! I no. was at the bottom and I just felt these shit crystals of dog uh, shit landed on me, and I, I just, you know, like, yeah. it's it's hard to handle, man. Shit, vomit, or snot, or that I can't do anything. I, I'm not me. a shit guy. Yeah. That's why I tell him not to have kids. You know, you can't handle shit, vomit, or snot. Well, yeah. it's I something got, different when it's a child. I got my dog, and that's it. I'm good with her. I'm good Same with, her, with yeah. cats. Yeah, you like yeah. you said, cat, if your cat yeah. could talk, you'd never leave. Same yeah. with my Lola. Straight if she up. talked, I'd never fucking leave. <laughs> the only one. I'm uh, you know, Brandon was an interesting thing when we when it was just the three of us talked that you talked, and it's something that I've really had to work on. The, the pinpoint to me was you were talking about, ah, I always had a chick around. Of course, yeah. you know, we talked about like your childhood, you know, how your dad was and stuff like that. Have you gotten through the point of kind of re-navigating and figuring yourself out to, to think, yeah, I might try to like attempt a relationship? I or do like, attempt. Fuck it. No, you know, I attempt care. often. Yeah. I do. Um, my actions, though, fucking don't allow them to last. Yeah. Like, accountability for my actions, and I actually have just now rejoined a, a thing that was of the past with this girl in Florida. We're, like, giving another attempt at a second go-around. Sure. Because, I, like, I, I shared these really rad times with a, with a person who I really got, and she got me. But because of my behaviors, it, it didn't fucking work. Sure. Right? So... I'm like, dude, I really need to like address my shit or else I'm going to find myself, I turn 43, December 10th, but I'll find myself a fucking 53-year-old man with eight cats as opposed to three. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to, I'd like to have a kid. I'd like to have a, a wife and I need to address these behaviors yeah. of like knowing how to remain faithful and not being, I'm my fucking father, right? I'm a fucking, uh, I have the gift of gab. I, I'm a womanizer. I fucking, you know, and like I need to break that cycle. So mm -hmm. I talked to my therapist and he's like, it's no wonder this is the last thing that you're addressing. Right? Sure. It's easy to address like fucking work, uh, whatever. Relationships are the hardest thing to deal with, so they're always the last thing to be addressed. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where I'm at now, and I've I've seeked outside counsel, right, like awesome. professional help, not like AA help, because yeah. AA is I love AA, I'm a big fan of it, but you can only get so sober. <laughs> sure. And I've already gained that connection with my higher power, which is why I went to AA, and it's fucking awesome to hear him say that he might like be interested in these steps because that's what led me to having that spiritual experience that fucking lifted me of the desire to have the ability to sit here right next to this table where I fucking sniffed tons of cocaine and fucked tons of women and not want to revisit that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's not, it's a thing of the past that doesn't appeal to me anymore. And that psychic change can only come take place from having that spiritual experience. That's the definition yeah. of a spiritual experience. Well, and it's, it's that, it's that ego rewiring. Yeah. It's that ego driver yeah. in there. It's like, okay, I got this person and we, you know, and it's a, it's another weird disconnect that happens. And I know I've been through it too. I was like, okay, I got this person here, but I got all these other options. Yeah. And it's cool. Cause I can go back to that, this person here and you don't treat that person in the relationship like a fucking person and a cherished like entity. So sure. I really wanted to bring that up. Cause that's some of the, the reading and the work that, that I've been really trying to focus on and just, you know, re-enter that. And, and, and so I thought it was really valuable to share with people that it's that other component of how do I operate now in a relationship, you know? Yeah, which is really important. And, uh, and, and the worst part about it is that, like, people get hurt, yeah. you know? And I have this conscience now that... That doesn't. I don't like to hurt people for yeah. my actions. It doesn't sit right with me. And, and and that's the thing about relationships. You have to accept like, okay, I might hurt someone, but out of ignorance, not being a selfish dick, or you know, an addict or whatever, I might do something that just hurts their feelings. 
and it's going to happen. We can make amends. It doesn't have to be a trigger because I'm that way. I'm a people pleaser. It doesn't have to be a trigger. I don't have to go use, a, you know, we can talk this shit out. So therefore, honesty is the best trait, mm-hmm. right? Because right. if I'm honest right out of the gate, then I don't have to like address or walk, talk through something later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I'm like, look, I, I don't want to do this. I'm not whatever it may be. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Which is hard because I people please too. Yeah. I mean, that's my big thing. Oh, and God, I hate yeah. confrontation. Oh, yeah, you and I, too many similarities there. Yeah. Well, we've added something new since we had you on, uh, Brandon. We do some um, rapid-fire questions. Mm-hmm. So, We'll just ask both of you guys. Yeah. Okay. If they were to make a movie about you or you, who would you want to play you in the movie? Is there any actors that you could foresee? Well, that's the toughest part about being a skateboarder is that you'll know instantly who – can skate like somebody and who can't right. it's almost impossible like if bucky lasik did a mctwist i would instantly know it was bucky lasik sure yeah sure you know the you styles know? Yeah. and there's nobody that could replace that so right. it's, it's it's gonna be nearly impossible right. i can't think of anybody at all but ironically <laughs> enough they were gonna make a movie to my book and he was gonna play me yeah really <laughs> that's how like really like, oh, yeah. i could finish his sentence he could finish mine right right right, right. and sure. he would be the only person to do justice for me. That's a trip. We're, we're going to, okay, I got to ask one thing. Grind, you were in Grind. Yeah. Did you have any kind of like, like the way they held the boards? Did you ever try to correct them or were you not around them? Uh, <laughs> because it bugged me how they would hold it by the trucks not and stuff like that. Skater. And I'm just like, I, I love cut, how, cut. <laughs> this is wrong. It's all wrong. Like, skaters can see from a mile away. Yeah. What they did on Grind is they would have... <laughs> It was it was uh, Brian Sumner, I believe. Brian Sumner, yeah. So and Brian Patch as so well. So this guy Matt Vogel, yeah, would drop in, and then it would just be Brian Sumner skating, and then they close up on Matt Vogel's face going like this, <laughs> and it's just Missed like the whole thing. Yeah, but or I mean, like, if, if for little kids, they don't sure they sure, don't buy sure. that. But I'm just like, this is unbelievable. I remember him skating like street goofy, but vert regular, yeah. and I was just like, he's really fucking good at switch. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah. I just I just had to ask if that bugged you. Uh, well, it's interesting for a guy on the you know the outside of the knowledge because I try to skate, I fell on my fucking head every time. But again, how much of a passion it is for you guys that you bring up what the integrity of if someone played you it's not ah oh, they have the my nuances of the way i talk is it yeah, is it I, maybe a similar look it's like do they fucking skate the yeah, way i do yeah. you know that's what pisses me off about like movies where it's like playing rock stars and they're like miming i'm like that's not even the right chord that's yeah. not even a real chord what the fuck Meanwhile, this, yeah. this, this top-notch yeah. hollywood dude took a crack at redoing the jacket or the uh dream seller script which oh, is yeah. his movie he's like he sent it to me and he's like, so did you read it? I'm like, dude, I made it to page three and, and I, you just don't get it. He's like, what? I'm like, you say that Novak shows up to a skate contest and wins from doing a McTwist over the fun box. Fuck it's you. impossible to do a McTwist <laughs> on a fun box. Skaters don't do that. It's, right? it's a box. You either manual it or you ollie over That's it. street. Like, You're talking yeah, about like, fucking vert skating. You need a transition to do a McTwist. <laughs> so this is a guy that went and he's like, oh, that's a cool thing. this is like a this hot a shot cool. fucking Hollywood yeah. guy. It, uh, yeah. to, uh, to him, it doesn't even make it past page three. Look, <laughs> you annoy not hot shot Look, in the skateboarding world. I went to school for film and television. He knows skate. Can you send us a script? Yeah. We'll correct it for you and send yeah. it back. No. Just, and then they wanted so to, fed up. A <laughs> right. twist on a fun box, and you can't do that. <laughs> and then they wanted to recreate Baltimore in Hollywood. They wanted to film Baltimore 
and just make sets in Hollywood. Yeah. Let's just fucking fly to Baltimore and film it there. Like, why recreate the wheel? Fuck. Step but, into uh, my office. Why? Because you're fucking fired. Well, right. <laughs> and, and I, can't, I can't perceive the unions in Baltimore being more than the unions in L.A. because fuck California. It's like we, we, we walk out our door and, you know, like this dude takes a vape and I pop in my chewing tobacco. It's like, that's a $500 ticket, you know. Well, now like, we can't go out past 10 o'clock anymore. So yeah. Really? Uh, dude, yeah. my buddy just got back rest. from a Montana, like, fishing trip. He said he was in a national park, 500 acres of wilderness. You couldn't see a person or a store for miles, and he's out there fishing without his mask on. Park ranger comes up and says, what are you doing without your mask on? Gives him a fucking fine. Get it's out. like, come Get on, man. Fine. How's COVID going to reach the Montana hey, wilderness? Ranger, this <laughs> is the definition of social distancing, <laughs> yeah. sucker. Yeah, yeah, right. You're breaking yeah. it. I'm by yeah, myself. Totally. You <laughs> invaded my $500 for you, <laughs> asshole. I give it back. Yeah. Yeah. Fucker. <laughs> I'm going to find you. Yeah. I was reading this thing on, uh, on like the best oxymorons, you know, like thunderous silence. And it's like, and the coup de gras, social distancing. It's like, man, pr- pretty good fucking point. You can't be social and distant. It just I just saw this happen. meme. It said, 2020 is Bam Margera while I'm trying to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 I literally just saw that like two days ago. Do you know that's out there? Yeah. It's like making rounds. Yeah. That's hella funny. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Your turn. Oh, People oh. fucking think you're 2020. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Because uh, I'm into superheroes. And for me, it's kind of part of that, that spirituality component for me of, a, of, of treatment is if you could have a superpower, though. Any sort of superpower, what would it be and why? Invisibility. Mm-hmm. That way you could, uh, you know, just spy on people and doing their shady paperwork and finding out how I don't even need to audit you because you're fucking scamming me out of money, which uh-huh. happened to me over 12 times. That Fuck. It's yeah, not but then do you, court But do you really want to know that? Because then you're just walking around angry That's and resentful, true. right? But you could get so much dirt. You could spy on the president invisible and see how much dirt goes down. I agree, but I almost think ignorance is bliss, like walking around not knowing. Yeah, maybe. It's kind of that trust component when you start to build it within yourself. Because I used to think that too, like invisibility, then, you know, these motherfuckers. And it's like, I was an untrustworthy motherfucker. No wonder I wanted to. Well, my first, Just, when he this said is that, me, I'm, like, I'm not saying about anybody When he said that, else. I'm like, oh, fucking pervert wants to watch me fuck. <laughs> oh, he had. <laughs> and that's your visibility. I welcome it. Right? All right, you know what? I'm sick of watching all this paperwork and phone calls. I'm going to the girls' locker room. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Novak's house a decade ago. Oh shit! Uh, I I think mine would be maybe to fucking fly. I think would be the least the least uh, you know daunting. Cause I yeah. think I like I get that, but then I don't want to know a lot. Like, right. like I don't, cause then it'll just drive me crazy. Yeah, See, I'm one of those knowing too much is teleport. I just want to get there. Oh, that's that'd be rad. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. I'd like to go back. back to Cali. What? I gotta go to Cali? True. Be there in five I seconds. Wanna, I'm in Cali. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No customs, no waiting in the fucking airport. It's not really fair, like though. You had some time. You knew the question was going to be asked. So you oh, yeah. Thought. No, and it's yeah. always that. That was a I good answer. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> a good one. I'm jealous. See, alcohol. I'm jealous his. I didn't come up with Wait it. Wait till you hear his. I'm the dick. Mine's healing. Like, if I could touch someone and heal them, 
Like oh, now, don't we all feel like dicks? Yeah, because there's you. <laughs> That's like Mother Teresa <laughs> type <laughs> shit. You cocksucker. Every time he said it, I'm like, "Fuck you, dude." He yeah. wants to spy on people doing wrong, <laughs> but I want to fucking fly because whatever. Let he me wants to let me. Let you me, want to save the world? Fuck you. Let me let me throw the let me throw the dickhead component to it though. That maybe me healing people is not a good thing because, like you said, that thing that Bam got worked up about. What if I had that power and I just went boom and there it is and it's like. Well, fuck! I don't have any issues. You're hey, who wants to go? Who wants to go to the bars? But you know, then what, could you some, heal yourself? You could heal his addiction. Oh God, I hope. Right? I don't know. That guy who wants to do this or party. Maybe that. There you go. Cut this out of it. This is our Hollywood <laughs> script. We have a guy that's an addict and he can heal people. But you know he can't heal himself, and so he struggles with that because of it. Maybe See, that's he's an actually right. Because of it. All right, tight. I want to be in it though, since we all came up with it together. <laughs> no, I'm the fucking. <laughs> hey, this no, is my shit. This is on camera, copyright, <laughs> JTL Studios, TM. All right, um, that'd be kind of dope. But okay. I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing because I didn't really think about that until you were talking about it. You know, I was oh, like, shit, oh, if I we're gonna do this, it might be cancerous. I need right. a reality checker. No worries, bing. All right, yeah. let's go to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, double-edged sword. It's like Jesus. that, yeah, but would it be cool to be invisible? Sure. And it'll be like, tight. There we are. We're there now. Yeah. Plot developed. Teleport. Script yeah. written. Yeah. Or it's like, uh, uh, have you guys watched The Boys? No. The, uh, it's an Amazon thing. And so basically the people with superpowers, they're part of a big fucking corporation and it's shady as shit. And at the near the very beginning, spoiler alert, there's a speedster dude and this guy's talking to his girlfriend and she steps off the curb and the fucking speedster's running and he blows her to pieces because of his speed. And he's just like, sorry oh, wow. about that. Jeez. So it's kind of like the superpowers could end up being a fucked up thing. They come with responsibility and knowledge. Or do more harm same. than good. Yeah. yeah. So... Something's here. Okay. Anyways, next, that's my brain. Next question. Um, if you can have dinner with anybody famous, dead or alive, who would it be? Doesn't even have to be famous. Anybody in existence. Lamar Odom said Jesus. So that's you what know, I you can say. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be a rad conversation. Yeah, I'd like to find out his thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Now is that because you're plus? I I think you'd be a rad dude. You know. Right. Yeah. I always say Jesus was like the original rock star. You yeah. Know, he's kind of he's kind of like fucking. People chill out, you know, forget the, I uh, walked on where, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there, but, it's but the him, work. it would be this lady named Dolores Cannon, who seems like she's lived a thousand lives, who just will blow your mind. She's like this really old lady, um, probably about 80 years old. And um, you could just type in Dolores Cannon on YouTube and, and like her thoughts of, of the, it's, it's mind boggling. How the yeah. fuck did you come across her? Uh, I, I can't remember, but like hmm. you'll be stuck listening to this and click on the next one and the next one and the next one. Just kicking it's the easy science. To get huh? lost on YouTube yeah. too. Just oh, click yeah. on that. You go on this rabbit related. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what does she? What does she jump on? into? Just like hey, you know, hey, today here's what I learned from this lesson or through my life or no, through these trials and so tribulations. Positive about or like um, about past lives and what happens when you die and and what you're here for, like. Yeah, it's kind of just all the like master of wisdom. Yeah, yeah. I don't. This guy, he was kind of cool about it, but I did like this spiritual reading my ex-wife got me for my birthday, mm-hmm. and um, you know, she didn't know anything about me, and she's like, mm-hmm. uh, "I'm sitting there, and all I have the camera, she can only see my face," and she's like, "Ah, oh, you're kind of a bohemian guy. You look at art like a." Um, you know, life is very kind of artsy. It's an artsy experience. You know, you've got to have something where you're working 
with a charity and like a mission that you believe in. Um, and she went, oh, and your color's orange. And I'm sitting there and it's just my face. And I had like, I'm into pro wrestling. I had this dude, Orange Cassidy, his shirt on and I show her and I'm like, okay, you're tripping me out. And she's like, my main concern about you is you've had some, some stuff in your life or your health, you've done some stuff on your liver and you really need to change whatever that is. And it's like, oh, fuck you. Mm. you know and so i kind of trip out on those people too that it's like past life and they'll yeah. talk about it and like mediums yeah and family family it. traumas and history because the more i've kind of like gotten into this my dad started listening he's like ah you know son i want to get on with you and it's like you know mm. okay 20 over 20 years sober it's like you know i realize that trauma has carried on so sure. when people talk about generational trauma be it family ethnic or uh, you know geographical or whatever it is like talking like hey if we were all here and everybody was doing blow whatever guess what it'd be like ah mikey you haven't hit a rail in 10 years let's go after it you know it's like it's those kind of things where those environments really kind of mold you yeah. so i believe in it. it's, it's 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 a trip so i'll have to check her out brennan dinner i am a big fan of mother Teresa. Hmm. yeah that'd be a good one so i would say her or my grandmother which I think those two are very similar hmm. in character. Really? Yeah. Because I know you talk so high when we talked before about your mom, and she sounds so well, she's phenomenal. she's still alive. Yeah, yeah, no, she sounds just so phenomenal. So was, was this mom's mom? No, actually dad's. Really? Yeah, yeah. But they were just good people. And they kind of made my dad seem a bit more normal because they like knew how to address sure. him and keep him at bay. Because my father would just come in and hit his father, which is my grandfather, for money. And they just kind of, I would watch them navigate around my father and it was pretty, you know, refreshing to know that like he wasn't as insane as I had built him up to be. Sure. Because his mother and father still accept him as their son. But he was my father, so it was a different Yeah, that dynamic. was, that's, that's interesting because we talked to uh, Tom Farley, Chris Farley's brother, and he did a book on him and he, he goes, I remember my brother how I did. But he got, you know, all, you know, David Spade, all these other castmen. When he, you know, the book was put together, he kind of got a different picture of it overall. Yeah. So it's kind of those experiences that are, that are a trip because it's like, you know, we could be at the same place and, you know, did you see Bam did that? And it's like, totally. no, he didn't do that. He did that. You know, it's like, what? Mm. Really? So it's interesting how it works, that dynamic with people. Yeah. You know, because we had me and my mother and me and my mother, brother and sister, we had this certain perspective of him. And then the barroom crowd had a perspective of him, which yeah. wasn't like ours. And then his mother and father had a perspective. So it was the barroom crowd I didn't give a fuck about, but I, cause I loved him yeah. until, you know, he would drink and drug and I didn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and they loved him all unconditionally, the parents. So, so yeah. I got to see, you know, yeah. so it was like, it, it kind of allowed me to, to know that there was some good in there. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Well, Which I we think can... Mother Teresa kind of would do the same with people. Oh, as, God, as yes. Did, yeah, so. yeah. Oh, God, yes. Uh, pet peeves. Anything that just annoys the fucking shit out of you that other yeah, people do? The, it's the really little things. Like, I, I was more mad about this than Novak wrecking my car. I had a roommate named Cleveland. We called him Fat Vampire. He would always be on my computer on methadone when his computer was right there. And he would smoke cigarettes and fall asleep and burn my buttons to the point where all my buttons were melted. But I come down in bare feet 
and he's like, in the morning, he's like, Bam, I'd put on shoes if I was you. I'm like, why? He's like, because there's a piece of glass right there and then another one right there. I'm like, you fat fuck. It could have been quicker for you to just pick them both up and not say anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> It's just that. It drives me. It's the little thing. It's like, the little I, right. I come down all hungover. I know that there's orange water ice there waiting for me in the freezer, only to find out that P-Duck, who lives at the Hobbit Hole, ate it. And I'm like, you motherfucker, I want my orange water ice. He's like, chill. I'll get you 10 of them if you just calm down. I'm like, yeah, but it's going to take three hours. I don't want 10 of them. I want one of them, and I want it now. <laughs> uh, what about you, Brandon? I would say uh, horns. I hate when people fucking beep their horns. Unless you're going to get to an accident. Yeah, like, right. don't fucking do it because the person didn't go fast and enough. it's usually a traffic jam where nothing Dude. could happen yeah, yeah. Right. I can't move and you nobody asshole. wants to be in that position anyway yeah, right. it's like fuck you yeah. I quit smoking but when I used to smoke I hate when we'd be at a fucking bar and there's like a community ashtray and, and fucking you don't put your cigarette out completely right. so that means we're having a conversation I just have to have this smoke fucking going in my face if I put it out, the ashtray smells like fucking shit dick anyways. I don't know. <laughs> I always, always hate the people that when I would hang out, you know, when I was drinking and be out at the bar or something, and there would be like the ashtray thing outside or whatever, cause it's California, and they would just put it out with their foot and then leave it right there on the fucking ground. It's like, I hate yeah. littering. Like littering, we, I'll see it That's in our neighborhood. That's your littering? Oh, fuck, I hate it. I, there was a lady the other day, and she was uh, got an ice cream at the 7-Eleven cross in the street, open the wrapper and she's eating it and just throws the wrapper on the ground. I want to get out of my car, sure. walk across and stick it in her purse. It's like, I fuck, yeah. you know, it's like, throw your shit I agree. away. It's like, how hard is that? We already pollute the fucking earth with so much bullshit garbage anyways. I, I you just leave it in the or, goddamn Or just street. trying to boil down a yes or no answer. Like, <laughs> that's that one, color that's, white? That's one yes of or no? That's all I want is a yes or no. Well, yes and no. Because <laughs> it's like, no, it's a yes or no well, fucking answer. Well, I don't know, BM. When we turn on the lights, that looks more eggshell. But when yeah. it's not, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a... Not a straight answer and being interrupted. Like saying you're having wait, a debate So wait, hold on. But like that. That's that like, just like that. But like if you're in a debate and you're talking about something, just... I, it could be whatever and it's like well I got home and I did this but guess what now happened hold that well, thought yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and then they're like well wait did that happen it's like well you would fucking know if you let me finish talking yeah. and they're like okay but then this and I'm like you know what you're not listening to me so why the fuck am I talking yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying that's <laughs> it's like when you watch Jerry Springer and they just talk all over there'll be yeah. one chick that's why you cheated that's why you cheated that's why you cheated no but that's why you fucked my shit up that's why you fucked my shit up that's why you cheated that's why you cheated I, and they just go nowhere cash me outside right yeah, yeah, outside. Yeah. cash me outside it, yeah, so the, yeah, that's oh, why. fucking Christ. You guys get it. <laughs> Clearly, we all get this. We all get this. We all feel strong about something. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I know we We all feel strong. His is a water ice he feels strong about. Mine's fucking a cigarette not being put out, litter, and being cut off of the scent. Right. Yeah. And we can all relate. Yeah. But I, and I do I totally like nitpick that, like that because there are people that would nitpick that, like the white, and they, and they would break it down too. It's like, Usually lawyers. Oh. I feel like lawyers. And all you motherfuckers cut me off too, right after Was it? <laughs> Was it tool, tool, put it best, liar, lawyer, what's the difference? You know, it's like, but all right, fuck that guy. Uh, before we wrap it up, any, uh, any positive things we want to throw out there? Of course, you know, us that have experienced, you know, addiction, but we speak to all kinds of circumstances. Sometimes people just need a positive note about it, you know, from their I would own say, personal experience. You know, pay it forward. 
you know, if, if you help somebody, then maybe they help somebody and then everybody winds up helping somebody. It'll make this place a better place. And every day is Earth Day, you know, <laughs> so plant a fucking tree. <laughs> well put, man. Fuck. Yeah. How do yeah. I follow that one? That was good. That was really good. Hey, are, are, are this is like save the world shit. Yeah. Heal the world. Why would I say the equals that? Humans are the ones ruining it in the first place. <laughs> it's true. We do. But we I, are the problem, but can be the answer. Yeah. Well, it's true. And then I'm like, man, if I had enough money, I'd go get me a Porsche that burns like two miles a gallon. But let's save the earth. You know, it's like ah, we're such a fucking dichotomy, right? Uh, I'd say it's simple, man. Just do something nice for somebody. Yeah. You know, just fucking one nice thing a day can, again, help change the world, I think. Yeah. I th he's right. Bam's right, man. Like, we, we are the people that have the power to change the outcome of things we don't like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, and, but it all starts with each individual. Yeah. It really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you, you know, it's, it, uh, I'm glad you bring that up. So, like, here we are. We travel to the great state. Pennsylvania and Philadelphia new to us you know we had some issues when we got to our hotel and we could have been truculent assholes and like why the fuck don't you have the room you know and you, you know we're here, here. <laughs> for free yeah <laughs> what the hell why didn't we just do that because <laughs> it's not in our nature tell it, boss but, man we're but not it's, coming but back it's for like, a couple days it's like you're saying we could be a dick to someone and set in a chain of motion where if you're just a dick just because you want to be a dick and your ego didn't get what you wanted sure. and then you know that person that man that woman whatever that child now it rolls over and there go and they be a dick or whatever but like you said bam the karma is and being good to people is you were good to novak you got clean and now it's coming back the other way and paying it forward so it's what that comes idea around goes around yeah you know and you know and and to keep in mind like we're all sick individuals in our own right mm -hmm. right like I, I don't know what you're dealing with in your personal day-to-day same for you and same for us. You know, like we don't, you know, we don't yeah. know the person that cuts us off. God forbid they just got a phone call that their fucking daughter was killed by a drunk driver mm -hmm. and they're rushing to get to the hospital yeah. to say goodbye one last time. Like mm -hmm. we never know. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I try to keep in mind. I was in Starbucks the other day and, and I was running late and I was trying to get in the bathroom and the door wouldn't open and someone was in there. And I had created this narrative that there's some kid in there fucking shooting dope and he doesn't give a fuck and I have like this important thing to get to and like this fucking fuck. And I swear to God, eight minutes later, the door slowly starts to open and it's this like 17 year old kid who's uh, like a paraplegic and has these two canes and he's gotta use this cane to open this uh -huh. door and I'm like, I'm the fucking definition of a cock-sucking fucking asshole. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. Like, and in my yeah. mind, this fucking dude shooting dope in there, doesn't he know I have to get to this fucking well, he's meeting? he's got a foot of turd hanging out of his ass and doesn't matter <laughs> because he's reading the newspaper. Yeah, like, yeah. I, he wants to finish his article. Yeah, no, no it's it was, fucking... It was Phil. He wanted to <laughs> shit for him. Dude, my dad takes... I was bam. His routine is he wakes up at 6 in the morning and takes a shit until 11. He just sits on the toilet reading the paper. It's just a thing. Uh, I had to, but... Brent, takes a five-hour shit every morning what you're saying is beautiful yeah and you know yeah. i swear to god the, the world had a way of right sizing me the kid came yeah. out and then i went I, the juxtaposition this the shift of perception i went from being a fucking really mean mad asshole to be like oh fuck can i help you and i held the mm -hmm. door and like got him out and i would have fucking bought his starbucks and blew him if he wanted at that point i felt so bad about myself <laughs> you know fuck well it's that fantasy mind and that shit that drives us to our anxieties and yeah all this stuff and i and believe the narrative that i created just because the guy didn't open the door when yeah. i thought he should oh yeah no i've had it where you know that person doesn't answer the phone or the yeah. text or whatever it is and it's like 
oh, my kid fell down at school and, you know, cracked his head. And it's like, then you're like, oh, fuck me. Oh, well. But now, uh, hey, this thing, life, it's pretty fucking cool and it beautiful, is. right? We all got these stories. Yeah. And now we're going into a writing session for a movie because we've got some creativity going on. Hey, uh, Brandon <laughs> Novak, you, Bam Margera, <laughs> thank you for welcoming us into your home yeah. and sitting and having a cool fucking fun, conversation. Cool. All right. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Wait. 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams, and working hard. Always striving to make those dreams a reality. We believe life's too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road ahead that you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. Listeners of Knocking Doors Down, head over to 5150ltm.com. That website again, 51FIFTYLTM.com. Oh, that was too fun. It's a way to go out, man. Way to end the year. Ending the year in a BAM. That's right. Thank you again to BAM Margera and Brandon Novak, and especially BAM, for welcoming us into his home. Not only that, his wife as well, and we got to meet their little, little dude, Phoenix. Phoenix. Little Phoenix. Got to play some cars with them, which was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it was an honor. I had to go see the skate park, man. I made it a point to when I was there, I'm going to go see that park. I ideally wanted to skate it. But I didn't have my board. And Bam doesn't live there. So there's no like boards or anything lying around. I, I thought he did, but he didn't. Yeah. But it makes sense though, because I mean, you Google Castle Bam, it comes up as yeah. if you were Googling the nearest pizza place or whatever. So I don't blame him for not living there. He's yeah. random people showing up at the house. Fuck that. <laughs> well, like he said, he's the only guy, guy that uh, wants to buy a new house, move and everything else and moves five minutes away. So yeah, yeah that was his mom's ball. He's like, mom, I want to move. I want to go to like Spain or Europe or something. And she finds the perfect place five miles down the street. <laughs> uh, hey guys, we thank you all for listening so much and for supporting us uh, in our first year here with Knocking Doors Down. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're on. If it's Apple, leave us a five-star rating, leave us a review and spread the word. It's easy to share a link with a friend on whatever platform you're listening on. If that's Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, we are also on Amazon Music. You can get us there. And, of course, now we're also on Pandora. And don't forget, we got a link in the description. Subscribe to our YouTube channel because we have several interviews we've done up so far, including an older interview with Brandon Novak earlier in the year and Edward Furlong that you guys can check out. And we'll be having more interviews hitting that platform as soon as we possibly can, including this interview that we did with Bam Margera at Castle Bam. Yeah, dude. Still can't get over it. Still can't get over it. And thank you again to 5150, 5150 LTM. All the gear that Mikey and I wear, it's all about living the madness, and uh, that's definitely what we've done this year. We've pursued a dream, and, you know, that's what the whole spirit of what 5150 is all about. For more on how that came about, well, get Carlos Fierro's autobiography, Knocking Doors Down. Hear his journey of how he fell into a cocaine addiction, got out of it, why he started the 5150 brand, what it meant to him, and also where the title Knocking Doors Down comes from. That's right. Hit the link in the description. Well, on that note, folks, anything else, Mikey? No, I'm going home. But I will see you all next year, and I appreciate each and every one of you for all of your support. We're just getting started, so stay tuned to see what we got for you next year. That's right. Keep knocking doors down.
The Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the Knock and Doors Down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.